0: Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the Happy Scientist podcast. Each episode is designed to make you more focused, more productive, and more satisfied in the lab. You can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist. Your hosts are Kenneth Vote, founder of the executive coaching firm Vera Claritas, and Dr. Nick Oswald, PhD, bioscientist, and founder of Bite Size Bio.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Happy Scientist podcast. This is the place to be if you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist. I am Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and today we draw on the wisdom of Mr. Kenneth Vogt, the Bitesize Bio team coach and the founder of the executive mentoring company Vera Claritas. Today, and in all other Happy Scientist podcast episodes, you get to benefit from Ken's Yoda-like words of wisdom to help you increase your performance, enjoyment, and success in the lab. And today we are discussing a very thorny issue. How do you cope with the parts of your job that you hate? Okay, Ken, what do we do?
2: Well, there we go. You know, it, it wouldn't really matter what you do for a living. There's probably going to be parts of the job that you hate and in in the case of being a scientist you've put so much so much heart and soul into so much effort so much time so much education into getting into the lab and then you find out there are parts of it you just don't like now the thing is if you're looking at your job and you're saying well if it wasn't for the tasks and responsibilities if it wasn't for the goals and objectives if it wasn't for this messed up organization, if it wasn't for my crazy colleagues and my slave-driving boss, I'd love this job. Well, you know, if everything is wrong except you, then it's probably you. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case for most of the people listening today, and it's just some part of it. And it could be something small, you know, but it's just constantly bugging you. It could be something that that is Big, but it doesn't happen very often, but it's enough to really bother you. Or it could be something just grates on you, something that just wears you down. And it's true that these kind of things happen in whatever you're doing. You know, and if you're looking at your job and going, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. If I would have stayed at Burger King, I'd, I'd be manager by now, you know. <laughs> so it's always easy to, to fantasize about what if. I'd taken a different path, done something different. Or I took that, that other job in that other lab, or if I'd gone in a different direction, but you have to deal with the reality that's in front of you. And so it, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with recognizing there's something about this job that I don't particularly like. And it might be that, you know, I really hate having to do these monthly reports. I, I really don't like having to write up these experiments. I really don't like the experiment I'm doing, <laughs> and I've been, and I don't like that I've been tasked to do certain things, and I didn't get to choose them. Or I don't like all the responsibility that's on me. That nobody is telling me what to do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just out here in the wilderness. You know, I'm in the dark. I, I and I'm stumbling around, and I, I don't like that. Or, you know, or every, everything's fine except this one person I work with. Man, it just. I don't know what they're doing here. You know, they're they're not good at their job. I don't know. I don't know. And and they're constantly getting in the way, or or maybe it's just something straightforward that with your boss, it's like you know, my boss is fine, except I don't know what it is, but why won't they solve this problem for us? You know, it's a problem for me. It's a problem for for the people I work with, but he or she just won't do anything about it. What you start to realize of all of these things, whatever it is, you know, and you can pick out the thing. If you pick out the thing that you least like about your job right now, even if you generally love your job, you pick something out. You're going to find something pretty quick. You already know what that one thing is. And it's not the thing that's bothering you. It's your feelings about the thing that are bothering you. In other words you know filling out spreadsheets isn't particularly hard but for some reason it's really irritating you or this person you know okay their sense of humor is a little odd but i but i i just every time i i lay eyes on them i i want to leave the room you know it isn't the specific it's how you're feeling about it and it's how you're choosing to process that particular encounter you know the fact of any particular thing usually isn't all that isn't all that loaded it's the emotion you have about that thing that really matters and the the reason you know that's true is because you see other people that have the same basic um, basic environment same set of tasks and that thing's not bothering them at all you know, they just they just fill out their spreadsheet. They don't they don't worry about it. They just do the experiments over and over and over again. They don't worry about it. it doesn't matter to them. That person doesn't bother them. They like the boss just fine. They think the equipment is adequate. They, they they just they just go through the same motions as you, but without the anxiety about it. So you can look at that and go, what are they doing different than me? How are they able? To not be stressed out by this. How can how come they don't hate it like I hate it? Well, here, here's a question to ask yourself. How do you sort? Let me say sort. What do you mean sort? I mean, how do you sort events? How do you how do you look at things? Do you sort by the negative or do you sort by the positive? In other words, is your first place you look is what's wrong with this? And we've all encountered people like this. You call them up on the phone, and their first question is like, "Bob, what's wrong?" I'm like, wait a minute, why is something wrong just because I called you? You know. <laughs> but they sort by the negative. They're looking for the problem. Now, there's this this notion of looking for the problem isn't necessarily all bad, and especially in in scientific endeavor, you often are looking for problems, and and that's. That's purposeful. But are you looking for problems because they're interesting? Because they are gonna be one step away from solutions? Or are you looking for problems because you hate problems and and you want to defeat problems? You know, you, you can even try and give yourself a positive spin about it that you know, then I'm a warrior out to out to defeat the, the evil problem. Well, it's still sorting by the negative what if however you looked at it from the positive that that is okay i'm looking for things that i can i can fix that i can enhance i'm looking for things i can finish so maybe i hate doing the monthly report but boy i really like finishing the monthly report you know you can you can see it from that positive side now a lot of this comes down to how you are you just generally pessimistic? Or are you generally optimistic? And it's been my observation in the world that if somebody's an optimist, they generally see themselves as an optimist. But if somebody's a pessimist, they think they're a realist. <laughs> um, and you know, they're not the same thing. And an optimist knows better than to label themselves a realist in most cases, but a pessimist needs to recognize that they too are not a realist. A realist is a different thing. A realist just looks at what is there. Now as a scientist that's very useful. You can you can just look at what's there. And and that can take you pretty far. On the other hand, you don't want to be limited that by that because you do need to see things beyond what are right there in front of you. The question is Are you going to see them as things to be afraid of, things to to be bothered by, or are you going to see them as opportunities? Another another way of looking at this is if if you were uh, a jurist, if you were a judge, and and you were going to look at every situation, do do you first look at it as they're innocent until proven guilty? Or... Do you look at it as they're guilty until proven innocent, or do you look at it as I'm going to go on the preponderance of evidence? Now there are there are actually legal uses for all three of those things. That first one is the is the typical um, criminal judicial system in in democratic states. The second one is a typical criminal. Um, Operation our uh, criminal um, judicial system in more totalitarian states, and that last one is for civil suits <laughs> that aren't criminal, because so so the idea is that on the first one, innocent until proven guilty is because you know we're not real good at knowing absolutely accurately the truth. So what we got to do is we got to create a system where if there's errors. Well, they don't hurt anybody, or are they less likely to hurt somebody? So it's better to let a guilty person go free than an innocent person go to jail. That's their outlook. In the totalitarian system, their their outlook is that you're guilty until proven innocent. Well, that means that you know we just we just can't have chaos around here. So therefore, it's better to to punish some innocent people occasionally. So as to not have any criminal element around at all, and then the preponderance of evidence thing is used for civil suits because, in that case, there's no real authority on either side. There's just there's just a um, a defendant and a plaintiff, and so you know one of them's right, one of them's wrong. That's what we're going to have to decide here. So, yeah, how are you looking at your job? Is everything is everything good? Unless it's proven to be bad? Is everything bad unless it's proven to be good? Or do you not do you have to have a stack of evidence in one direction or another before you decide if you like something or you don't like something? Now, these are all, all functional systems in the world, and you can choose what you want to do. But the idea here is that if you hate something about your job, that's going to wear on you it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna bother you. It can impact your health. It can impact your relationships outside of your work. It can impact your work of course directly. You know if you hate doing something, you're probably not gonna want to do it or you're not gonna do it well. And and if you're forced to continually do things you hate, at some point you're just gonna break down. Um so so you gotta you gotta decide how am I gonna gonna look at this. Because sometimes you can't change it. You know, you didn't pick, you didn't pick your colleagues in the lab. So short of quitting your job, this you work with the people that are assigned to work with you. That's that. Or, or um, tasks get assigned to you. And unless you're in a position of assigning tasks, that's, that's just how it is. And you may be at a point in your career where you're just not going to get that responsibility. So, so now it comes down to how are you going to react to your feelings about it? Are you going to Are you going to let this grate on you and wear on you and and really, really tear you down to the point where it starts to impact your work and certainly impacts your happiness in your career?
0: Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download.
2: So here's a question to ask. When you encounter something that you just hate about your job, and, and by the way, you're not a bad person if that happens to you. It can, it can sneak up on us. So it happens, you realize one day, wow, I really hate working with Sally. So here's a question to ask yourself. What if you just accepted it? That is, you know, what if you just suspend judgment for a minute? You know what, I'm not gonna worry about whether Sally is good or bad or dangerous or safe or she's here because of cronyism or nepotism or, or who knows what she's doing here. What if you just suspend that judgment for a moment and said, okay, I'm working with this person. How can I make that work? And you can do that moment by moment. You know, if it keeps arising, you can keep doing that moment by moment, but you can develop a pattern then of releasing that, that feeling about this thing that you have decided you hate. So you'll no longer hate it. It'll just be, It'll just be a recognized part of the landscape. Sally works in the lab with me. That's how it is. And then, since you're, you've you constantly released any negative feeling you have about it, you develop a pattern of no longer having that feeling and of constantly releasing it. Now, if you're looking at that and going, well, I don't want to have to do that. That's just too high a price to pay. Uh, um, i'll i'll challenge you on that is it really a high price does it actually cost anything the only thing it costs you is maybe a little bit of your pride and your pride is far less valuable than you might think (laughs) you can let it go and it doesn't hurt you and doesn't cost anything they're there that's happening and and this is how it is And once you accept it, well, now you can start to to work out ways around it. You may realize, you know, I don't actually have to work with her as much as I thought I did. I could, we could divide up tasks so that, you know, she does this and I do that and I don't have to deal with that. Or maybe uh, other opportunities are arising now that that I can take advantage of, I can I can be more proactive about so that i spend less time working with sally i don't i don't want to pick on poor sally here it's not just about that it might be a task it might be you know i just hate working with this piece of equipment it's old and junky and you know, whatever that whatever that is but that notion of i hate this isn't isn't reality it's not a fact it's a reaction now it is a fact okay this is an old machine and it it has some problems and that may be true. That's fine, but you don't have to hate it. You know, it's just, it's, that's just there. So you have a choice of how you will feel about it. So this being said, if you had the notion when you were back in university that I'm going to find a job in a lab and it's going to be the perfect job, (laughs) chances out there, uh, chances are you got out there and then you found out there are some harsh realities about any job in any lab working for any boss in any organization in any field so that being said Nick, how was it for you when you worked in a lab did everything work out perfect <laughs>
1: I think you well I think you know the answer <laughs> but um <laughs> It just occurred to me that I actually had a a very um, uh, instructive experience here when I was starting out in the lab. I started doing my PhD, but before um, I started my PhD, I was like, literally the day before I started my PhD, I was working full time in a supermarket. So I had um, stacking shelves. You could have been manager
2: by now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, there is that, but um, the I, I so I was going from a job where I was griping about it every day, and because I didn't like the job, and the, everyone there was griping about it about the bits of the job that they didn't like, and I was dreaming of when I get into the lab, it's going to be great. Next day, I went into the lab from the supermarket into the lab, and. Everyone was complaining <laughs> about the bits of the job they didn't like. And then before long, when the the, the varnish rubbed off, I was um, complaining about the bits of the job I didn't like. So, um, long story short, is that, yeah, that was me. Um, that was my uh, my perception of it. And, and not everyone that, uh, was complaining. Only the ones that were sorting by the negative, as you said there, which is quite an interesting way to look at things. Um and the, uh, yeah, if you, I guess if you look for it, that's what you'll see. If you look for the bits you don't like, you see, that's what you'll see. And, and there's also a certain, um, benefit, certain benefit to be derived from complaining, isn't there? Um, especially if everyone else is complaining. Um, then, uh, it's camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, you get the camaraderie, you get the kind of, well i'm right writing the wrong thing and so on and i guess you've got to leave all of that behind but it's well, we it. need to I, do I, an
2: episode on on being right that'll be that'd be a good one
1: uh, <laughs> yeah that was uh that the best marriage advice i ever had was uh you sometimes you have to choose between being right and being happy well not sometimes all the time <laughs> so but it's the same for all of your life but um yeah, and also these things, you know, the innocent until proven guilty, that's really interesting. I've never thought of it, of applying that to a situation rather than a person. Is this situation innocent or, uh, until proven guilty, or am I waiting for it to prove to me that it's not a problem? You know, is it guilty until proven innocent? That's very, or am I judging it all on the evidence? I guess innocent until
2: proven guilty is, is a much lighter way to be. Yeah, indeed. And, and you know the fact is, in in science, obviously you're dealing with evidence all the time. You know that's that's data, but we we never have all the data. It just never happens. We we go on when we feel like we have enough evidence to at least start making some choices, um, because you don't have time or or the resources to gather all possible data. So you know. And, and we have to operate in a world that has got imperfect data, and some data data itself is not even perfect. You know, it's like, well, I've got ten measurements, but I can only count on eight of them being right. I just don't know which eight. You know, <laughs> you know, you have to deal with that world. Exactly. Hmm. Well,
1: so the so the upshot is that if you're if the the parts that you the, of your job that you don't like. Then is to look at your how you're looking at them rather than um what they are, Try, rather than trying to wish them away, um or or even worse, just, gr- just grate on them all the time uh, rather than letting them grate all the time. Choose a better way to um to look at them and, and to, now, to deal with them. Obviously, if
2: you've got if there's something that could be dealt with, like look, this piece of equipment is junk. We have to replace it. You know, you can take a stand for that. But if it's like, look, this is the this is the piece of equipment we're gonna have. Now, what's left for you is to decide how I'm gonna feel about it, because if you if you indulge in these negative feelings, they can be very very costly to you. And I want to point out too that it's this isn't only happening in your world. This happens across the board. I had the same kind of experience. I was literally working in a McDonald's. And then I got a programming job. It was a dream come true. I got to be a programmer for a living instead of flipping burgers. But, you know, when I look back, the McDonald's I worked at had good management. And they were good people to work with. And they had good equipment. And then I got into this programming job where I worked with some really messed up people. (laughs) So, you
1: know... It wasn't so obvious. (laughs) Plus you have more responsibility and stuff and uh, you know, you can in the programming job at McDonald's, it's, it's lighter. You you might get less money, you know? So it's, what's the, what's the, what are you going to focus on?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and so my, my, my final point here is to say that this, this notion of I hate part of my job well, hate is a choice just like love is a choice how you feel about it is up to you now i'm not telling you to love doing the those monthly reports if you don't like them but you don't have to hate them there is a continuum there and you could get to a a more moderate place on the continuum and realize you know what i this is work you know work means sometimes doing a few things that are not my favorite things to do but fine. That's just part of the mix. And you learn things from even those things, those those tasks. So so make a choice how you're going to look at it. It is up to you. No one has to hate their job. Um, you know, there, there are people that are breaking up rocks and they're whistling and singing while they're doing it. You know, <laughs> it can be yeah. done.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Well, and so the, the bigger... Um, the bigger uh, sort of picture is, and I guess a trap that you might fall into in a career path like science is that you're, there's always a next step and you can always expect the next step to save you rather than you just save yourself now. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep. That's right. So we, we have a lot more say over how we're experiencing things than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. Which is good news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take heart.
1: <laughs> There's hope for you. Just stop doing it to yourself.
2: Exactly. And when you realize, you know, I'm the one doing this to me. The fact that I got assigned this thing I don't like wasn't so bad. It's my making myself miserable doing it that's bad. So, you know, Yeah. let yourself off the hook. <laughs>
1: Okay, I think that brings us to uh, the end of another really um, actionable piece of advice. Please do it. it it's going to um, to make a big difference for for you if you can, uh, well, it's going to make a big difference for me if I can do that, so <laughs> let's all do it. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> uh, and again, it's a continuum as well. It's uh, you, These are the sort of things you can just try and get 1% better at every day um, rather than it's not always possible to just nail it straight, you know, and solve the issue for yourself. Um,
2: yes, that that, that patented
1: Nick Oswald one percent better. I love it. Uh, that's <laughs> not mine. That's uh, what's his name, James Altucher. Altucher.
2: Oh. oh, even better, James Altucher. Yeah. I say even yeah. better. James Altucher is truly a character. Um, but you know, he's he's not a he's not a a a, a lab trained scientist like Nick. So. <laughs>
1: Uh, that, that, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> okay, right. So that just leaves me to, before we go, remind you about the rest of our episodes. Uh, for all, all the other episodes of this um, wonderful podcast, are at bite forward slash the happy scientist. And you, you might want to, if you haven't done so already, look at episodes one to nine, which lay the foundations of, uh, you know, th- th- some of the ways to look at life and look at the structures around you and the people around you um, that we think would be very helpful for you. It's it's definitely worth a look if you find this material interesting, episodes one to nine. And also join us at facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist club. And there you can contact us or send us pictures of your your, um, pets or whatever you want to do. and yeah, that just leaves me to say again, thank you, Ken, for another great episode. Thank you. And we'll see you, for, see you next time.
2: All right, very good.
0: The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms, so hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.